It's one o'clock. I'm Judd Boaz. The headlines, the chief executive focuses on land for housing and development as she unveils her second policy blueprint, including a controversial reclamation project off Lantau, more public flats and using industrial buildings for temporary housing. She's also announced a total ban on e-cigarettes and an increase in maternity leave from 10 to 14 weeks. And more than half of the pan-Democrat lawmakers stage a walkout in protest over press freedom. The chief executive Carrie Lam has unveiled her second policy blueprint saying her initiatives serve just one purpose and that is rekindling hope for Hong Kong people. Promising to act quickly and boldly on matters which serve the public interest, Mrs Lam announced measures to boost housing and land supply and increase subsidies to get companies to scrap the MPF offset mechanism. She also announced a total ban on e-cigarettes and said the government would lead the way with an increase in maternity leave from 10 to 14 weeks. More than half the pan-democratic camp walked out of the chamber, most decrying attacks on press freedom after the government denied a work visa to journalist Victor Mallet. Finding land for housing and economic development featured prominently in Mrs Lam's speech, with plans for a controversial mega-island off the coast of Lantau, Richard Pine reports. Carrie Lam acknowledged that there was no perfect solution for finding more land for housing and economic development in her policy address, but said divergent views shouldn't be an obstacle. She said failing to act would bring greater suffering to poor families living in overcrowded environments. The government-appointed Land Supply Task Force only completed its five-month public consultation two weeks ago, and a full analysis of the community's views is due at the end of the year. But Mrs Lam's already outlined three approaches to providing land. The headline is the Lantau Tomorrow Vision, which Mrs Lam called a top priority for the current government. It's a plan to develop about 1,700 hectares in the waters around Lantau, which she said would make the city's largest island a gateway to the world, as well as the Greater Bay Area. This development will include the creation of an artificial island that will swallow up the smaller neighbouring island of Yi Chow, an idea that's been known as the East Lantau Metropolis and has been touted by the likes of former chief executive Tung Chi Wa's think tank, but heavily criticised by conservationists. Mrs Lam says her Lantau Tomorrow vision will provide between 260,000 and 400,000 residential flats to accommodate as many as 1.1 million people. She said 340,000 jobs would be created over the next two to three decades. She acknowledged this was a long-term vision, though, with reclamation not slated to begin until 2025 and the first flats unavailable until 2032. Mrs Lamb also promised 70% of housing units on newly developed land would be for public housing. And for the first time, she proposed turning industrial buildings into temporary housing. Damon Pang has the story. For years, the government has kept the development ratio of public and private flats at 60 to 40%. But Carrie Lam says that ratio will change to 70-30 for new land. Mrs. Lam also said the government's restarting a revitalization scheme for industrial buildings. In the past, this was mostly about turning factories into offices or art studios, but this time it's for converting entire industrial blocks into transitional housing. The government will also have the Urban Renewal Authority redevelop civil servant quarters, which are mostly in urban areas. The Taihang site at State in Chekhet May, parts of which are more than 50 years old, will be redeveloped, and the government will help the housing society to redevelop its older estates. The Hong Kong leader said these ideas should address the housing shortage in the short to medium term. 
The convener of the Executive Council, Bernard Chan, welcomed initiatives to tackle the land shortage, saying reclamation was inevitable. There are many divided issues in Hong Kong, and these divided issues have lingered around too long. And we come to a point, and I to- we totally agree with the chief executive that we have to make a firm decision. And those decisions need to be made in the interest of Hong Kong at large, the people at large. And the- on the issues of the housing and land supply, the solutions are-, are all there. They are not that difficult to make. We just have to make sure that these decisions are made in the interest of the Hong Kong people. In a surprise U-turn, the chief executive proposed a total ban on electronic cigarettes, following a proposal earlier this year to regulate them like earlier, like other tobacco products. Here's Wendy Wong. Carrie Lam said she knocked a position from the medical and education sectors after the government proposed in the middle of the year to regulate e-cigarettes and other new smoking products rather than ban them. She said e-cigarettes are often packaged as better substitutes with promotions targeting youngsters, but the harmful effects of these products may have been underestimated. She said after weighing the pros and cons of a regulatory approach, as opposed to a full ban, she decided that the government should ban the import, manufacture, sale, distribution and advertisements of e-cigarettes. She said this is aimed at protecting public health. The government will submit the proposed amendments in the current legislative session. As Hong Kong's first female chief executive, Carrie Lam cited her extra responsibility to promote women's development with a proposal to extend maternity leave from 10 to 14 weeks and strengthen childcare services for working mothers. Maggie Ho has details. Mrs. Lam says the government will take the lead by making it effective immediately for government employees to have 14 weeks of maternity leave up from the current 10. For private companies, she proposed the government reimburse them for the additional cost of the leave with a cap at $36,822. Mrs. Lam also said the government would strengthen services provided by child care centers and home-based child carers to allow more mothers to take up work or stay in their jobs. The government would also provide baby care facilities and nursing rooms in all new government premises and make it a condition of future land sales with developers. She added that the government would review strategies on preventing breast cancer and provide free cervical cancer vaccination for school girls starting from the next school year. Meanwhile, Mrs. Lam noted that women currently make up 33% of memberships in statutory bodies and advisory committees, which wasn't far from the target of 35%. She said the government would continue to monitor this proportion, seeing she hoped listed companies would appoint more women as their board members. Thousands of teachers working at government and subsidised schools are expected to receive pay rises after Carrie Lam announced an all-graduate teaching force policy. As Wendy Wong explains, it'll involve additional recurrent annual spending of $4.7 billion. Currently, almost all teachers at government and subsidised schools are university graduates, but only 85% of the graduates teaching at secondary level and 65% at primary work at so-called graduate posts under a proportion stipulated by the government. This means that about 16,000 university graduate teachers who've been forced to work at lower-paid so-called certificate posts can finally get a pay rise from the next school year. The change will cost the government an additional $1.5 billion a year. Other education measures proposed by Carrie Lam include providing funding to primary schools to improve the manpower at middle management level, strengthening administrative support for schools and improving vocational education and training. She also proposed increasing the opportunities and subsidies for students to pursue post-secondary education and enhancing support for students with special needs. 
Mrs Lamb also said she hoped to see the controversial MPF offset mechanism removed during her time in office. As Janice Wong reports, she doubled subsidies to employers to sweeten this move. Mrs Lamb says the government intends to almost double the initial proposed subsidies for employers in order to reduce the impact of scrapping the offset mechanism for the Monetary Provident Fund. The government earlier proposed a $17.2 billion subsidy for employers over a 12-year period to help them bear the costs during the transition. Now Mrs Lamb says this fund will be increased to $29.3 billion over a 25-year period. She spoke to an interpreter. I believe that the new arrangement can reduce the impact of abolition, the offsetting arrangement on micro, small and medium-sized enterprises. Mrs Lamb says she hopes the offset mechanism can be scrapped during her current term. Our target is to secure the passage of the enabling legislation by the LegCo within the current term of the government, that is by 2022, and implement the abolition of offsetting arrangement two years after the passage of the legislative amendments. Right now, the mechanism allow employers to use workers' pensions fund to offset the severance and long-service pay. Mrs Lam promised during her election campaign to scrap this and better protect workers. The proposed subsidies to employers have attracted criticism that taxpayers' money is being used to help businesses survive. Carrie Lam says her government will fearlessly take action against any acts that advocate Hong Kong independence while reiterating the SAR's constitutional duty to enact Article 23 national security laws. Jimmy Choi reports. In her speech, Mrs Lam said Hong Kong had faced complex situations and new conflicts in recent years. She said the government wouldn't tolerate any acts that advocate Hong Kong independence or threaten the country's sovereignty and security. She said the government had reinforced among all sectors an understanding of the Chinese constitution, the basic law and national security, that such problems had to be nipped in the bud. She also noted that while she said Article 23 national security laws won't be enacted until there's a more favourable social environment, this didn't mean her administration would ignore acts that threaten national security. She cited the example of the government banning the pro-independence Hong Kong National Party last month. Mrs Lam also lashed out at those who've criticised local courts, judges and judgments, calling it unacceptable to make unreasonable attacks on the judicial system, interfere with judicial independence or insult judges. She said the rule of law was Hong Kong's most important core value and independence of the judiciary was key to this. Twelve opposition lawmakers walked out of the LegCo chamber, although none from the Democratic Party. Most were protesting against the government's decision not to renew the work visa of Financial Times journalist Victor Mallet, which is widely believed to be due to his chairing a pro-independence talk in August. Here's Hong Kong First Legislator Claudia Mo. We are trying to express our strongest anger and dissatisfaction against uh, Carrie Lam's way of responding to the Victor Mallet uh, uh, controversy, the way uh, uh, she's been talking about it. It's almost like in a thuggish way that, uh, according to uh, international practice, we don't need to give uh, any explanation, and this is just not right. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 26,291. That's 118 points up on the previous close. Market turnover was $45.1 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 113.01 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar 15 cents, and the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars 31 cents. Now with sport, here's Adam Chung. 
We start at the Asian Para Games in Jakarta, where the Hong Kong delegation have secured a fourth gold medal. Swimmer He Ka Chen won gold in the S14 category of the men's 100-meter backstroke. He beat out a pair of Japanese challengers to top the podium with a personal best time of 1 minute 2.44 seconds. His teammate Chen Yui Lam won bronze in a women's event. That brings Hong Kong's medal tally to 20. Now, the Rio 2016 Paralympic silver medalist Ali Jawad has unveiled proposals aimed at reforming the governance structure of the World Anti-Doping Agency. It's hoped that if implemented, the proposals will put an end to the low level of trust in the anti-doping system following the readmittance of Russia's anti-doping agency. Jawad is one of a number of high-profile athletes critical of the decision to end the ban imposed on Russia and says his proposals follow ideas and suggestions from other athletes. For me, they, they need to, they, there needs to be transparency in, in everything that WADA does so athletes can be kind of reassured that everything is done in the right way and um, everything's kind of, you know, considered when it comes to putting athletes at the heart of it all. You know, ho- hopefully with, with the recommendations that, that I've put in, that we've put in, um, I feel like, you know, WADA hopefully should, you know, sit up and, and kind of at least consider them. You know, the, the paper for me, it's not about criticising WADA. You know, I think... It's important that we have a strong, independent WADA to govern clean sport and to protect clean athletes. For me, this is working with WADA about trying to find a way or solutions to help kind of um, push clean forward, uh, clean sport forward in, in the future. Um, you know, as I said, like we need to keep anti-doping in the forefront of everything that we do on a weekly basis. So we're going to keep, we're going to try to keep them accountable at all times. And these questions have to, you know, keep being asked until they're answered. Um, you know, hopefully this paper puts pressure on them. But from from my point of view, I'm going to keep pushing this until we get, um, you know, uh, valid answers. And we finish with baseball. The Boston Red Sox finished off the New York Yankees in four games to wrap up their American League Division Series at Yankee Stadium. The visitors took an early lead by scoring three times in the third inning, but the Yankees called back to make it a one-run game in the bottom of the ninth. They had the tying run in scoring position but grounded out to end the game as Boston held on for a 4-3 win. The Red Sox will battle the Houston Astros in a best-of-seven American League Championship Series with Game 1 in Boston Saturday morning Hong Kong time. The Los Angeles Dodgers and the Milwaukee Brewers will contest in the National League. And that's your look at sports. To end the news, your headlines, the chief executive focuses on land for housing and development and she unveils her second policy blueprint, including a controversial reclamation project off Lantau, more public flats and using industrial buildings for temporary housing. And that's the news from RTHK. Oh, my God.
Strength. 